Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. There it is. Hi, everybody. He laughs every time. Every time. I love it. I get giddy. I think that's what it is. And nervous. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. I'm Joel. And I'm Steve. And hi, Joel. hi. Happy 100. Happy 100. This is, our, yeah, hold on. I got my, my Kirkland brand uh, sparkling. I've got my mug that says, this is from my sister. It says, you've always had the power, dear. You just had to learn it yourself. Glinda, the good witch. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, man. We've always had the power. <laughs> we've always had the power. Um, I, uh, I so real quick, I ran into uh, past guest Eduardo Busson yesterday. I had I had coffee me. with him this week. Really? Yeah, that's so interesting that we both. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, yeah, that's he, why I thought you. That's why I thought you were so eager to send me that photo because it was like I literally had coffee with him on Thursday morning. Oh, that's so funny. No, yeah. I just he we were both at the lead center and he came up to me and said hi, and it was really yeah. cool because we haven't met. Uh, in person we're i said hey look so we're not just avatars you know no we're we're real people real people yeah doing real doing a real ish podcast <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's 100 correct it is real because it exists and this is our hundredth one yeah congratulations and it's really it's really um i was thinking about this like uh, we have a special guest today, and uh, I was like, I'm, it, it, I'm really grateful that you booked this amazing special guest today because otherwise it would just be an hour of us um, talking about how amazing we are. And I, I think people that. need a break from that. Yeah, I think. Well, I was going to say I, you know, I had some confetti cannons, but I was trying to set them up, and I accidentally set them off. So <laughs> now you just have a mess to clean up, pretty much. Yeah, which there's a metaphor in there somewhere. Um, but, but yeah. well, it's been an honor to get to do this for. At, to do this at all right right but it's an honor yeah, yeah. to do it a hundred times and hopefully a hundred more so Aww. congratulations yeah you too i uh i would you know i was thinking you know i reminisced and i thought back like i was actually nervous to ask you if you wanted to do this yeah yeah and now here we are yeah it's like you know it's really weird because like we've been friends for a long time and we've been through a lot together but to to make that so do you want to engage in a artistic ish thing with me yeah that was... You want to take this? You want to take this to the next level? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm great. I'm glad you asked because I literally, you know, like has been said from the very beginning. I was like, I've kind of always wanted to do this, and kind of always wanted to do it in the way in which we're doing it. Mm. So it was just serendipitous and and pretty cool. Sure. So, Agreed. And and it was kind of like a release valve during the worst parts of the pandemic, and right. now it's like this this creative exploration that, you know, the music never stops. You know what I right. mean? Like we keep, we keep the conversation going and we get to talk to cool people like we have on today. And, you know, what, one thing I will say is that this podcast has kept me accountable to things I never thought I would be accountable to like same meditation, yoga. I started swimming this last week. I got a membership at the Y I've got Good a lesson. You. I'm going to, I've got, I've got an actual like, swimming suit i've got goggles that are real i got real goggles <laughs> real and I'm, goggles and i'm going to the pool this afternoon because i just can't wait to get back in the water and that's it's one of those things where you know if you say it in front of steve and everybody 
Like you've got to follow through. A little through. bit of accountability, accountability there. Yeah. Well, right. I'm glad, man. That's so that's so cool, cool that you're doing that. You get to kind of uh, revisit something. Yeah. Learn something new. Like yeah. keep keep the old noggin interesting. So. Right. So, well, speaking anyway. of, um, yeah. I think it's time we can uh, bring on our guest. I met uh, our guest today is Michelle Mainquist. She's a uh, certified spiritual director and soul realignment practitioner. And I met um, Michelle in a completely different setting um, through our respective uh, kind of day job situations. And um, we were, we'd worked together um, not often, but for a couple of years. And then one day we had a break or something and started, and you can correct me anytime, Michelle, but uh, we started just kind of chatting and somehow started talking about spiritual stuff. And she's like, well, I had this other thing. <laughs> And, uh, and so we start talking about that and the rest kind of is history. Um, so anyway, I want to welcome, uh, Michelle Mainquist to the trying to be better podcast. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me here. I'm really honored. I'm doing oh, yeah. very well today. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. That's thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Um, yes, I'm, thank you. It's an honor to have you. I'm looking forward to the conversation because it's all uh, very interesting. So, um, yeah, you did describe. Now I listed kind of the, like the titles. I think hopefully accurately that you have on your website. But how would you describe uh, what you're doing with this practice? Um, I would describe it as a combination of several different spiritual disciplines. Um, so I am a spiritual director. That was the first certification that I got. And the spiritual director is sometimes called a spiritual companion. Um, I was, uh, I came out of the Christian tradition, but spiritual directors are not, um, not specifically Christian. There's the, the Jewish branch, which are the cabal, um, or the, Islamic tradition, which is Sufi. So it, it's really mysticism, which is the the connection with God, listening for God or the Holy Spirit, and walking with others on their on their spiritual journey. Um, wherever they're, they're in charge, wherever they go, um, we just kind of follow along. I always say it's like you're in the driver's seat and I'm just pointing out the road signs or mm. the the sites along the way. And as I was finishing up my spiritual direction certification, I felt this really strong urge to, um, to, to learn shamanic journeying. And I, I, I don't know where that came from other than that was something I was hearing and it was good for me to follow that. And so I took, um, I took some classes on shamanic journeying and, um, and I continue to train with a shaman. We do that um, once a month. He lives in Fort Collins, Colorado. And, um, and I think we're going to have a uh, an in-person get-together this fall, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, so I also um, use shamanism in some of my um, work with my clients, um, specifically 
um, shamanic healing, which, which seems to be in particular, my, um, my gift in, in that area. Hmm. And in the process of trying to find a shaman for some healing that I needed uh, a few years ago, I was um, introduced to someone who did Akashic Records, and I had not heard of Akashic Records um, at that time. And I talked to this person and um, learned a little bit about Akashic Records. And um, she actually was not able to open my, my records at that time, but she referred me to a shaman. It's not the one I work with now, but a shaman that did some healing things for me several years ago. And after going through that, then I kept having this feeling like I need to, I need to do more with this Akashic Records. I felt a real call to it. And I started doing some work on my own and um, found out after I'd had this other healing that I was able to, to open my records and um, open records for other people. I worked with this other person um, for a while on some specific things. And um, then, then I needed to go find someone who could actually do training for mm -hmm. me in Akashic records. And so I have done pretty um, in-depth training in Akashic Records, specifically the soul realignment approach, which is looking at the soul and the soul's records, and um, which is uh, the soul's records. It's like a database of information that contains all the actions a soul has ever taken throughout all its incarnations. And um, to help get that soul back to what it was intended to be, hmm. because we accumulate junk along the way, which affects affects uh, how our lives are going or, or problems, particularly themes we start to notice in our lives, like, why am I always you know, uh, whatever it is in a bad relationship or, or not happy in my job, or I'm always broke or whatever those things are. Often those are related um, to some of these things that we carry in our spirit. Wow. And yeah, so that's, that's a lot to chew on, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is a lot. And, and I feel, I am so grateful that I, found these and that I said that I found these different disciplines and I said yes to understanding more about them because what I find is everyone has their unique journey. Everyone has a different path that they need to take. Akashic records are not for everyone. Um, it, shamanism is not for everyone. Um, more traditional spiritual direction is not for everyone. And I am able to sit with people who come to me and really listen for, you know, what are, what are you looking for? What are you open to? And 
how I may might be able to use these things. I, I will tell you honestly, I may be the only person in the world who combines mm. these different disciplines um, to work with clients. Um, I, I have not found anybody else that does. And there's, there's a lot of not know if you're really deep in one discipline, there's a lot of, I don't know about that, or I'm not going to get into that other thing, but um, it has, it is so, it has been so rewarding for me um, to learn these things, to practice these things and to be able to offer them as a gift to, to other people. Um, so it's very rewarding for me as well as for, for my clients. I, I can't help, but sort of, wow, Michelle, I, it, that's a whole journey. It's super cool. It's I, I, uh, having been raised in an organized religion, but also in a family where those folks were employed by that religion, right? Employed mm -hmm. by that church. Um, the term spiritual director is not foreign to me at all, right? So I, I kind of, I, I know of spiritual direction as it relates to um, my mom, who was trained as a spiritual director. She's also a, a licensed pastor, retired now. And so I, I know of that world when I, when you, when you say spiritual direction, I think of a little more of a progressive sect of the Christian tradition. Right. But like you said, like, I, you know, the fact that you're able to synthesize all of these different things, um, I guess the, I don't know, I'm just, I'm kind of blown away and it's really cool to get to talk to you because I'm like, you know, how, how is, I, I have one question. I I have several, but the first question I have is. Um, was this, was this like a calling for you or did it kind of like build? Cause I, you know, my, my parents being in the, you know, uh, pastor, my mom's a pastor, my stepdad, my ex stepdad was a pastor as well. This whole idea of a calling, right. You feel mm -hmm. this call to do this. Was it like that for you? Or was it just like, I have these skills. I'm very interested in this work. Is it both? Do you see the difference as those are those, you know, six of one, half a dozen, uh, of the other for you, what was the journey like getting into that? Uh, it was a call and yeah. it was a call that I had heard for probably about 10 years and tried mm -hmm. to ignore it. Mm -hmm. um, it doing this, I, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and it's, some money, some investment for not a lot of return. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's traditionally the way, mm -hmm. the way it's set up. It's like, it's like playing, and, a, playing, a, playing in a rock and roll band on that level. Yeah. You <laughs> have being to be a theater artist. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. Right. You have to love it. You have to have some kind of passion for it, but there's a lot of rules to being a spiritual director, right? Mm. And so what I noticed for a very long time is people would come up to me and start talking to me, complete strangers, and would just like lay out these deep issues or problems. I Sometimes, honest, honestly, I'm looking around going, is this an angel? Does anybody else see this person? Huh. Because I don't know. There was one time I happened to be sitting on a bench 
at the gym when I got done. And I don't even know why. I, I mean, I'd never sat on this bench before. I'd never noticed it. I had driven there that day, not walked, but I decided to sit down and do something with, I don't know, my phone or my headphones or something. And I was sitting there messing with that. And all at once I hear, I hurt. And I looked up and there's this woman in a wheelchair sitting in front of me, looking at me. And I looked up and I said, you hurt? And she said, yes, I hurt. <laughs> and then she just kind of poured out this story to me. I never said anything. Hmm. Um, and I, so these kinds of encounters with complete strangers were happening a long time. And I, you know, I finally listened to that call and said, okay, I think that I am supposed to do, to do this. I am supposed to become a spiritual director. And so I went through the program and you're correct. It is a journey. Um, I know I've been on a journey much longer than that. But if you don't go on a journey when you're going through that kind of certification, you're, you're not doing the work that needs yeah. to be done. And there were just a lot of things. It was a difficult journey. And there's a lot of things about yourself that you have to, to face and deal with. Um, you have to own those things. And the more I did that, the more just kind of cracked open, the mm -hmm. more things started coming to me. And I learned, I learned how to listen for myself and to stop going, nah, that doesn't make sense. You know, the, the feasibility of that is crazy or this doesn't fit in with, you know, whatever structures I've been given. Um, I just said, okay, well, mm -hmm. I think we need to go to go do this. So um, how rapidly things started happening was, I, um, yeah, it, it, it could have been overwhelming at mm -hmm. time if I, if I had really wanted to control things and, and slow down. But, you know, I just realized this is really beyond my control and mm. I just need to, to go with it. Mm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I go ahead, Michelle. No, I was going to say I had somebody, a, a spiritual director friend that I had um, had coffee with a month or so ago. And she said to me, she said, so, so what are you reading now? And what, do you, you know, subscribe to and what have you rejected? Hmm. And I said, I, I, I haven't rejected anything <laughs> that I'm aware of other than, you know, some very fundamental, like kind of black and white beliefs. Okay. I, I reject those, but as far as, um, spirituality and practices and what is, what is true and what is real. Um, I haven't rejected any of it because mm. there is, 
there is truth in all of it and no, no theology, no practices, no way of being is, we just don't understand these things. We will never understand them in this life a hundred percent, but we're not wrong. And people are not wrong about the paths that, that they are on. Mm. And so it's really trusting that everybody's somewhere on the path and their way may not be my way, but that doesn't mean that it's a wrong. That doesn't mean it's wrong or yeah. bad. So it's, like the, it's like the analogy of the elephant. Have you heard this? I've always heard this, like mm -hmm. the, uh, the elephant. So if, if everybody, if everybody's standing around an elephant, right. But they're blindfolded. Right. And they each have a different section of the elephant. They're going to, and, and they're oh. going to say the elephant is a different animal. So those are all the different spiritual traditions, religious paths, whatever. And they're like, no, it's, it's a tree. No, it's a snake. No, it's a, it's a wall. It's like, everybody's got different parts of it. And the divine or whatever truth serenity is the elephant, right? We all have different pieces mm -hmm. of it. It helps. It helps. It That helps me a lot because I, I feel like I have some religious trauma from growing up. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we're all trying for the most part to improve, to get better. You know, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, <laughs> the namesake of this podcast. Like how are we getting, and, and what I hear in your work, I relate to my own tradition. I've left behind a lot of the Christian faith. Um, but what I hear is, you know, karma, you know, I hear that, I hear that cause and effect, um, actions lead to, uh, reactions and, um, I can work to right some of those wrongs once I'm aware, but the, the work is to be aware, you know, I hear a lot of similarities and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the true definition of repentance too, like to turn around, to be on a path and to, to f turn the other direction. So, um, I, I can, I basically, I can dig what you're saying. It's like, you know, we're all trying to, um, be better. Oh, sorry. Ooh. We're all, we're all <laughs> Steve, just, you were going to say something. I kind of interrupted you. Uh, we're all just walking each other home. I, uh, mm -hmm. okay. So a couple things and it may turn into one long rambling thing, but I'll try to be succinct, which is that, um, I appreciate the idea that, uh, we're like, nobody's wrong. Like everybody has a piece of the, whatever their idea. And, and that, I've really tried to embrace that. I, for my own personal journey, like I, uh, subscribe to the belief now or kind of the view that, cause for a long time, uh, uh, I wasn't making the best decisions is how I will put that. And, um, I think people would say, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> but, um, hmm. but was it wrong? And the answer is, well, I don't know, was it? Because it took all of that stuff to get me to where I am today. And so, like, I'm kind of okay with that, weirdly. Um, I had to go back and clean up some wreckage, um, which is part of that being on the right path. Um, like, nothing comes for free kind of thing. Like, I don't get to say, well, I'm on the right path as I'm leaving a trail of destruction behind me, that's not how it works. Um, I, you know, people do that, but that's, that's their trip, you know, and I, and I certainly can be 
um, party to that today, even, you know, whether it's through willfulness or, or blindness or whatever. And so that's where, um, well, and then Michelle, I don't even know if we've talked about that, but like, I, I'm in the, the 12 step recovery situation and the secret meetings and all of that. And that's kind of a, the, the, um, that was really helpful for me initially because it, you know, just a bunch of, well, drunks were like, yeah, don't worry about God too much. Mm-hmm. Just, it's not you. you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it was presented to me as um, maybe listen to somebody else for a change. Maybe take somebody else's ideas for a change. Yeah. And that was something when, you know, my life was a dumpster fire wrapped in a train wreck um, was palatable and seemed logical. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the start. Well, I mean, the start of what I would consider my formal dis- spiritual journey started at Grateful Dead concerts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really kind of where that started. Um, I got shown um, in graphic 3D technicolor detail that I was not the center of the universe, but mm-hmm. that I had value. And those were two things that I desperately needed uh, as a confused and hurt and bitter young man child <laughs> kid you need to sit down and also you need to stand up yeah. <laughs> right um like that's what they showed me really um in a way that nobody else probably could have um, i am also i'm also in and this is you know if you've listened to our podcast you know like i'm also in recovery and recovery rooms and mostly the secret meetings but i do another one called dharma recovery that's more buddhist centered and and i I, you know the idea of spiritual direction michelle is yeah like i said not foreign to me as my upbringing but also i'm like well why does i mean we have we have this thing called sponsorship in those rooms right or mentorship right we have these you know like and it's like I, i balked at it to begin with but i wouldn't trade it for anything now I'm like the whole world needs a sponsor. You know what I mean? And I'm like you that work the the work that you do it sounds like it's you know like you I really love what you said. You don't you don't prescribe the path to anyone. You say, "Hey, here's some here's a rest stop. Here's an exit. Here's a scenic route. Here's the speedway." You know? Like you're able to kind of say, "Here's some things to think about," which I think is really fascinating. How how much how much space uh, slack do you give folks that you work with to sort of find their way? Cause you obviously you have a shaman, which I'd love to talk more about and you, and the Akashic records, you, you know, but when somebody comes to you, do you, do you really try to open them up to these things or do you let them find their way and then give them resources? How does that process work? I let them find their way because who am I to know more than they know mm. about, about their journey and where they need to be and the decisions that they need to make? Um, so I would never tell anybody this is this is something you should do. I may offer some kind of Um, spiritual practice to them Mm -hmm. to help them find their way. I do sometimes point out and I'm sensing this is here or, you know, this is what I'm hearing. 
um, which usually that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) When, when I do that, there's usually uh, a big breaking down um, of, oh yeah, I can't believe you saw that or you heard that or that you knew that was there. But as far as telling them, you know, you know, you just need to get out of that relationship or, mm. you know, you just, I, need to, you just need to, you just need to pull yourself together. Yeah. <laughs> have, yeah. You ever, have you thought about shaving your head and ha- handing out flyers at the airport? I mean, yeah. you don't do that, right? <laughs> no, I no, none of that because you know, the whole, the whole thing is they helping them listen to find that truth. Um, and, and, and me not, there's no hierarchy. If I'm, if I'm ever thinking, gosh, this person is a mess and I need to help them fix that. That's my ego talking. Mm. Mm. They, it is, it is their show. It is their process. I don't know where they need to get to before they, you know, they decide to do something differently. Um, So it's, it isn't mine to do. And that's something that I'm always, you know, telling myself, what is mine to do? That's what Um, I mean. I, I experienced that when I, when I sponsor other people or even with my teaching, you know, my work, it's like, I'm not going to try to make you have the experience that I had. I'm going to try to give you the parameters to have the experience you are supposed to have. And I feel like mm-hmm. that egolessness, I, I would imagine that that, you know, cause I've, I've thought about like, as I started, you know, meditating a few years ago, I'm like, I was that newcomer in recovery. It's like, I'm going to be, a, uh, you know, I was thought, I thought I should be a meditation teacher. And I still may, you know, that may be a thing I do someday, but you know, the idea that that would keep you from being like keeping that egolessness a part of the work is probably really healthy and good for you so that you don't allow your ego to get in the way and try to be somebody's guru, you know, try to be not that gurus are like a bad thing, but that somebody's that they're not there to find their way to you. They're there to find their way to them and their beliefs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this idea that there is, there are right ways to do things mm-hmm. and there are wrong ways to do things or there are right sets of beliefs. Um, this goes back to a little bit of, I, I think what Steve was getting at is there, there isn't, there's no right set of beliefs. There's no right way to do things. We may go through life making all kinds of mistakes or what are perceived as mistakes by the, you know, by the world. But if that's part of our learning process, if that's part of how we we figure out how to 
how to be and how to deal with things, then I don't really feel that those are wrong. Mm. I think we can wrong people and hurt people along the way. Yeah. Right. right? And we need to, we need to be responsible for that, you know, um, as much as we can. But as far as um, anytime you're hearing you should, or you need to do something, that's what we would call a a very discordant energy Mm. because, and, and this is more on the Akashic record side, but we have a whole set of rules that uh, developed evolutionary as the human race, right? To keep us safe, to keep us um, alive, to keep us protected. So this is why women and children must be obedient and follow the rules, right? Because they're being protected by the by patriarchy. The, <laughs> the patriarchy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is why you need to be a nice person. And this is why you need to follow the rules and and do all those things. Well, we don't, as human beings, really have that need for that kind of protection anymore. Hmm. So So if we are spending a lot of time trying to be liked or trying to fit in or um, trying to make money or whatever those things are, if that is not who we are at soul level, who we are configured to be, then that is a very discordant energy for us Hmm. because we we have much more latitude to really live into who we are created to be. And other people may not like that because, oh, you're not going to church every Sunday. You're not saying your prayers. You don't have this right set of beliefs. You you aren't staying in that marriage like you're supposed to. Whatever those things are, those are, um, those are rules that had been created long ago to guarantee the perpetuation of the human race, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. That, and, that, and, and to continue to keep certain people te- in, uh, enforcing or meeting out those rules in those same positions. Social right? controls. Like, yeah. Social <laughs> con- Like that's what I hear. It's like, yeah, I think on a on a group based level yes to keep the group alive don't wander too far off don't set yourself apart don't make a lot of noise cuz the predators will hear us or whatever but as we continue to form societies it's it's very clear and i think we're seeing this i don't know i'm seeing this clearer more lately as social things start to kind of break down it's like the rules were really meant to keep a certain class of people in their stocks and the very rich and elite um invisible to their you know freedom to do whatever they want you know as as long as the poor people are fighting each other the rich have nothing to worry about yeah right that's true Mm -hmm. yes 
So I, I think it, I mean, it is pretty punk rock and radical to have somebody say, okay, what do you like? I, I something you said that I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss is, um, you know, what is this? Uh, you said something about if that's not truly part of who you are, right? Mm. So I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've definitely learned this from, from mentors and teachers and uh, spiritual teachers in my life that that it starts with being able to listen to who you are. <laughs> like it, it's got to start with what is it, you know, getting in touch with that true nature somehow. Um, and maybe, I don't, I don't know if this is leading to a question, but I'm like, I, I would imagine that that's really, I could be wrong, but that, that would be really part of the work. Like how, how many folks do you work with? Or maybe you can share your own personal experience of how to quiet that societal noise to be able to ask yourself, like, what do I believe? What are, what is my true nature? What do I crave? What do I not necessarily crave, but what do I desire to experience with my spirit? Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like that's been a huge part of my own personal journey. It is, it's really difficult because we have a lot of noise and we have a lot of people that give us rules and parameters. And, you know, it's easy. It's much easier to stay where you are and not make waves and stay quiet and not have questions, not question the things around you or the things that you have been told. And that's where many people stay because they've been getting us given a set of rules and they say, if I can just follow these sets of rules. Yeah. I'm not really happy and I'm not really being fulfilled and my life feels like crap, but all right. Well, this, this is, is this is just this, this is just the way it is. This is the way it is. This is what God gave me. Hmm. No, no, that um, that is that is victim. That's victimization, mm -hmm. and that victimization energy. If you start paying attention. <laughs> That's what the majority of the world um, wants to steep themselves in because it's easy. It's much easier. Someone else caused this, whether it was God, whether it's my abusive husband, whether it was my parents and the things they did. These things all happened to me and I just have to accept those so, so getting around that victimization energy is what, um, what I work with people on mm. and, and honestly, some people do not ever get past being a victim mm -hmm. and, and we have free will everybody has free will. So we get to decide what we're going to do, but making new decisions, new, 
new, excuse me, I'll take that back. A decision happens in your mind. A choice is actually an action. Making new choices are how we get out of victimization, how we find out who we are, and how we resolve a lot of this discordant energy that we all live with. So when I said, knowing who you are, I primarily am referring to the Akashic Records, which have, there are eight different energy centers, and we all operate a little bit out of each energy center, but we all have a dominant energy center. And if we can learn what that energy center is and start to live out of that energy center, we can ex start begin to experience who we are as um, as spiritual beings, uh, mm -hmm. experience our divine nature. So, you know, even when it gets down to like you know, business coaching or self improvement or something like that, right? You need to do this. And then you do this, you do these 10 steps, right? Business coaching. Well, you need to write a book and you need to do this. Well, if that doesn't align with our energy center and who we are at soul level, we can get very off track. So I do like to, to look up the energy center of people and give them that information. I find that it helps them understand that heart longing that I have, that is not coming from a egocentric place. You know, I'm not being hedonistic. This is really part of who I am. And so following through on that, on, on some of those impulses, can really help people to begin to, to feel what it's like to really be themselves. It, Denise, I, I just had a flash. It, it's almost like you're sh like showing a zebra that it has stripes. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. they can't, zebras can't see themselves and you're able to kind of show like, this is what you are like, all right. I'm a zebra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll stop mm -hmm. trying to be whatever else thing that people have been to, you know, <clears throat> that may is obviously an oversimplification, but I mean, that's, or, or the, or the fish analogy, you know, like some fish are swimming and somebody comes by and it's like, oh, the water's nice. And the fish are like, what water, What's wa what are you talking about? <laughs> What's, <laughs> What's water? Wa what is water? Yeah. You know, like that idea of, um, uh, it, I, I equate it to my own path that, the recognition of Buddha nature, like that, that, that within all of us is this inherent goodness. And also there's universal experiences that lead us to suffering. So when we start to see that stuff, then we can start to kind of live differently, make different choices rather than just make decisions, right? Make different, live, live differently mm -hmm. to generate mm -hmm. the kind of experience that we want and we want to give to others. Yes. Um, I, I'm also kind of, I, I need to admit that like when up until about 10 minutes ago, I was convinced that the term Akashic Records 
was like um, the Dead Sea Scrolls or some ancient text Ooh. or something. Akashic records are sort of what's recorded on your soul, right? Am I hearing that correctly? Is that kind of like what what your I think of like your your karma list or something? Like there's some sort of like what's what's being recorded within you? Is that am I do I have that right? Um, you are you're on the right track. Okay. The Akashic records exist in the fifth dimension. Here we go. So we as spiritual beings, we exist in 10 dimensions. Um, This is quantum physics. I am certainly no expert on that. I'm not going to get into that, but at least 10. And I've even heard more, you know, as time goes on um, and they get more information, string theory and things like that increase I think the dimensions but the purpose of those 10 dimensions is plenty so our our first and second dimensions you know that's a dot and a flat something flat we don't Mm -hmm. do much with that our third dimension is our bodies our fourth dimension are our thoughts and ideas they're starting to come exist outside of our body in some aspect our fifth dimension is really our higher self. And that's where we begin to live into our divine nature, experience ourselves as a divine being. Um, Some people can get up into the sixth dimension and very, very few people may get into the seventh dimension while they are in an incarnation. Hmm. Um, The other dimensions truly are, are spiritual. So the Akashic records exist in this fifth dimension with our higher self with our with our higher self okay okay and and that's what i have learned to be able to access that fifth dimension for other people where their where their records of all of their actions are contained mm. um and you're correct when you're using the word karma Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is a lot of karma, particularly when we look at, when I look at blocks and restrictions that someone is carrying with them. That's why I say that's the junk or, you know, we bring baggage with us. Yeah. What, what I look for is I look up what are the blocks and restrictions and then, um, group them into negative karmic patterns, Um, that a lot of them typically are past life issues. Something happened in that life. We never resolved it. And we have carried it through subsequent life experiences. Um, Mm. So they get grouped into negative karmic patterns. And I look at, okay, what what exactly happened? Um, The purpose of that is is so that in this lifetime, you can bring that to your consciousness to say, oh yeah, that thing that's happening again. Okay, I, I now recognize that, that I'm falling into that old pattern. So I am going to make a new choice and I am going to handle that differently now in this lifetime. So I, so I can, get rid of all that baggage. 
And honestly, after you get rid of it, um, it, it fades from your memory. Mm. <laughs> like a lot of those things, they just kind of go away from memory in this life because you do rewire um, who you are. But that's that making new choices has to happen in the third dimension in our bodies. And right. that's the densest dimension that we live in, which is and why confirm. it's yeah. totally dense here. Yes. <laughs> yes. I totally agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's difficult to make, you know, we make new decisions all the time, but we don't follow through on those. Well, it's easy to make new decisions, but it doesn't actually affect our experience. We have to do things differently. And that's where that's where a lot of people just um, give up because it's hard. Well, that's, yeah. because that's where, like I have a friend or a friend of mine in recovery used to say, like, I can decide to get a new job all day long, mm -hmm. but it's until but, I take the action to go out and like update my resume and fill out applications right. and go talk to people. Like that's a, that's a choice. That's getting yeah. up off the couch and going to get a different job. Yeah. And, things. and when we make new choices, we don't know what the results are going to be. Well, and it might, and that's it, why people don't like them. <laughs> it might, well, and it, it also might upset other people or make other people well, uncomfortable who will then yeah. say that's a poor choice. Mm. It, it changes relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there will be people who yes, say, because somebody, who somebody who are. is somebody that has fallen into a very predictable pattern that works for that other person. Like I like this pattern. All of a sudden that the person that's making the new choices says, this isn't who I am. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm making a, I have made a decision and now I'm making different choices. Well, person B might not like that very much mm -hmm. because it upsets their carefully constructed situation, societal norms. Or whatever, yes, like this, right. this, let's say for the sake of simplicity, dysfunctional situation works really well for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And now, now somebody's getting healthy and following their bliss or their yeah. desires or their, who they're supposed to be. And now uh, that's, mm, I don't and now I don't happen. feel so good about who I am or mm. it affects this organization uh -huh. that I belong to, it's changed family dynamics. All of a sudden, the person that has never spoken up for themselves ever is saying things that make everybody else uncomfortable. Yes. Well, it's like, and, it's like, uh, you know, you'll, when you start practicing healthy boundaries and healthy choices, the people that balk against that were the ones that benefited you not having them, you know? So it, it's same for a spiritual path because in order to say yes to this big, and I'm sure you've experienced this personally, we all have, I mean, Steve and I have talked about it, but I'm sure in your work, you see people step into bravely saying yes to a bunch of things, which means they have to say no to a few old things. And that upsets people, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a lonely path, mm. uh, a spiritual path. If you're really going to go on the journey, it is a lonely, it is a lonely path. Mm. You will do it yourself. And most people will not recognize I, it, 
approve would, of it. I would say I would hope, and I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you because that's, I understand that. But also, if you start to go along your lonely path, eventually you will probably meet up with people that you sync better with. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you'll find yes. your actual tribe. Yeah. Rather than the one that you were kind of forced into for whatever reason, you have to break out of the thing that's not working, but then yeah. you will hopefully, and maybe not, it's not a guarantee. Nothing's guaranteed, but that when you find yourself on a different plane or however you want to put it, a different life path, that then you'll start to intersect with people that are more actually simpatico with. Yes, but there will be fewer people. Mm. Because most are not there. Um, Sometimes the best I hope for is someone who at least allows me Mm -hmm. to, um, to go on this path. They, they, they may not understand it. They may not believe it. um, But they allow me to go, um, to go on this path. They allow me to be different. Um, yeah, I've, a, a lot of, uh, people have fallen out of my life for, for, for no, for no drama, no specific incident that I can point to just, you know, they aren't there. Um, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, they're on their own path and it's a different, it's a different place. So I, I have people, right. I totally relate to that, Michelle. Cause like I, there are people in my life that I think have noticed a sh- uh, and very clearly seen a shift in my beliefs and my practice, whatever, who have, um, who have tried to reintroduce me to old ideas beliefs you know religious uh stuff and it's like it's it's one of those things where i don't i I had to reconcile that because it wasn't like they're not allowing me to feel that they just don't they don't they don't know the path that i'm on i have to know the path that i'm on and it so it is when you said it's a lonely path I totally agree. I mean, I think that my path of t- towards Buddhism and towards meditation has been somewhat lonely because I it, it's about letting go of attachments to some of those relationships, mm-hmm. including my own partner, right? Like I love my wife, don't get me wrong. But one of the things that I think is an element of my spiritual path is about, you know, sort of practicing for death. And that's only something I can do by myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And so that that is a, a beautiful letting go of some of those relationships in ways that I never thought I would be able to do with love and grace, you know? So yes. I, I really, I, 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 yeah, I think anybody that's willing to like step into their own journey is, has to say yes to a bunch of beautiful things, which means they have to say no to some things that aren't working for them. And that's just the, yes. That's the balance sheet, right? <laughs> and and if it is done with love, it, not that everyone understands because, you know, I, I think marriages and things like that could be affected. But I know with my 
marriage. My, you know, I don't think he quite understands, <laughs> but he allows, mm, he mm -hmm. allows me to, to be who I am. And it has resolved a lot of discordant energy between us, things you wouldn't think about, but I, one discordant, strong discordant energy between us was loyalty. You know, I expected, and you know, this, I expected him to support and to be loyal to me um, for all the decisions that mm. I make, rather than I'm making this decision for me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I don't, you know, because along with that loyalty came a, well, I would like you to defend me and, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. to others or defend my decisions. And when I just said, you know, you get to make the choice that you want to make, but this is what I am going to be doing. Um, it resolved all that discordant energy. And I think we're in a better place because we're allowing each other to, to do what they need to do. And it isn't a threat to our relationship. Yeah. Well, that's, yep. you know, like the song says, if you love somebody, set them free. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. pretty simple, really actually hard to do a little bit, but it is hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that isn't what we're often told to do, right? If you're wow. if you're married to somebody, then who better, you know, here's the prescription for how you're going to stay married. And by the way, it's not working out. Then one of you is not doing something correctly. No, not necessarily. <laughs> well, because because every because a lot of systems, I'll just put it that way. A lot of systems have been invested in the bulk of their people uh mostly the lower and middle class invested in those people following certain rules and have had hands in their unions and their bedrooms and their choices of partners for whatever reason so that the systems can remain systems right so mm -hmm. like to de colonize to de Patrial, patriarchic guys out of that. That's almost, a terrible almost got it. Almost got it. I can't do it. But you know what I mean? To like de de um systemize the the destabilize. The, destabilize the union between two. Because I think we do, I mean, I've talked to Kirsten about this. We are constantly having to check in with each other, not constantly, but every few months, like we talk about not having children, you know, and like what do we want to do? And and we don't want to do that. Right. So like, but there is just that one example. There's a real, there's a real opinion of that in the world mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. even, what are even you guys, at, what are you guys doing anyway? Well, that's the thing. It's like people, <laughs> who cares? it's like the thing, the thing is that the, you know, I I've seen a lot of articles recently of just people saying like, you know, younger people aren't having kids and this is a problem. We need to, the, you know, part of the Roe v. Wade thing being so passionately overturned is this idea that we need to procreate because we need, we need labor, you know, it's like, no, you know, um, yeah, anyway, actually, sorry, that's a whole other thing, yeah, Michelle, whole, I'm sorry. That's another podcast, but you're not wrong. <laughs> that's all right. I can get into the abortion <laughs> thing too. Yeah. On a whole lot of different levels. Why yeah. that's not even something people should be concerned about. But. Yeah.
Um, how how do people how do people find you? Oh, sorry, Steve. Were you gonna say something? No, I was gonna. Uh, I, that was what I was gonna say. Yeah. How do people get it? I have somebody. I, I I would imagine somebody out there is like, I might need a spiritual director. This sounds like somebody that is gonna give me space to discover some some truths about myself and the world around me. How do people connect with you? What are what are your channels for access? Um, I have a website. The name of my company is So It Flows. Flows. Um, so flows. it flows. Flows. So it's a play on words from um, Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five. Mm. The main character, Billy, would go through and, and he would encounter all these difficulties or these weird things and he would just go, all right, so it goes. We're, we're, we're big fans. So are you? (laughs) Um, that, yeah, that part, I, I, you know, it's been a while since I've read the book, but that phrase always just kind of stuck with me. And, and so when I formed my company a number of years ago, I decided, so it flows. And my thinking was, you know, depending on where you put the accent on the word, it kind of has different meanings, Mm. but it works. So so it flows, so Mm. it flows, so it flows, or so it flows. Mm. Um, uh, So anyway, it is, the website is so it flows spiritualdirection.com. So no, no spaces, no lines or anything. So it flows spiritualdirection.com. Um, you probably have to type that in. It doesn't come up on the search engine very well because that's really expensive to do SEO mm-hmm. work. I'll post a, um, I'll post a link in the, in the uh, so, so podcast. it flows spiritual direction um, or email me directly at Michelle at, so it flows spiritual direction.com is how most people reach me. Cool. I, cool. I feel like we try to keep our conversations to an hour, but like it was just starting to get like, we, I, I realized that like we could have gone a three hour you know, marathon podcast with you. Cause I, I, I kind of like, I'm fascinated with the work, but I'm also, I'm really encouraged to sort of share your work with whoever may be listening. Cause I feel like a lot of your vibe is, you know, uh, kind of where Steve and I always try to get back to is this idea. Okay. What does this mean? What is the purpose of this and how does this help other people? So you're an actual trained professional. Steve and I just have couple of mics yeah we have microphones (laughs) we have microphones you're actually doing that work so we would love to have some some more uh folks work with you yeah referrals are wonderful yeah i have as i've listened to your podcast which was one of the reasons why i wanted to be on here was i felt that that same kind of vibe Mm. uh with um when you are all talking and and steve i think You know what? You're one of the clients, one of my clients for my day business that that sensed something. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And I do the first time we worked together, but the second and have we done two or three? I don't remember. Anyway, the last one, the last one where I was like, there's like 
when we were there's just talking different. outside of what we were actually doing, I was like, yeah, well, we're there's a simpatico thing happening. So, yeah, yeah, and and there are. I can usually tell when when I'm getting into this conversation with someone who has done some work and who is more um, spiritually aware and they will usually kind of pick up on, on something about me and vice versa. So, so I, I, I Joel, I, I want to take just a couple minutes cause we need to address the fact that uh, Denise did a reading with me last, well, this last week, just so I could have that experience. And so I do want to say a, that that was interesting and um, a lot of what, kind of came out of that was I found myself nodding my head a lot, Hmm. you know, and, um, and so I have some homework, which by the way, Denise, I have to start over today's day one because yesterday (laughs) was insane and I kept procrastinating and then I fell asleep. So do your um, homework, damn it. Well, right. Well, it's never been my strong suit. Um, and what some of you listeners may notice is that Steve sometimes calls me by a different name. I do have, did uh, I do that? Different. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, uh, the name Michelle is a name that I took as part of this spiritual um, transformation hmm. that, that I went on, but it is true. It is not my, my legal name. And I haven't ever, um, I haven't ever hidden that, but by, by being Michelle in this space, this is, how I can live into my true self. That's cool. Yeah. I think that, I think there's a a, a mental slip there as I move between professional and my actual life. You knew me, you knew me back when. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, it's really funny you say that because recently, just like in the last 48 hours, I've met up with people that I haven't seen in 35 years. And so, and that's been really, it's, I'm a lot different now than I was in 1987 as mm-hmm. a, as a, as a person. And, uh, it's been really gratifying, but also, and then like last night I ran into a guy that, again, I haven't seen in a long time, kind of same group, but different situation. And, uh, and I could just tell that there's the thing of like, wow, that's, you're not how I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> which is nice frankly so mm-hmm. anyway um, so yeah michelle and steve you you did a reading right you guys did, you yes. guys did did some of this work mm-hmm. i i know we're we're not trying to go to the second hour too much but i want to know steve what was that like for you um that well that's a, that's a couple hour conversation probably the short <laughs> version of like i mean i basically summed it up which is that um I really felt um, there were just a few moments where I thought, well, that's spot on. Mm. And, uh, and, and coming at things kind of from an angle that um, let's see here, shown lights into previously unseen spaces that I maybe kind of knew were there, but were shown in a way like, Oh, okay, well, that's something that I can look at. And it was all, you know, um, oddly reassuring, right? Like, oh, well, that actually, well, that explains a lot. Mm -hmm. It felt familiar to you. mm -hmm. Yeah. And not at all like, 
threatening or anything, but it is kind of like, you know, I mean, I'll come out again from the recovery thing, just as like having sitting down and having somebody kind of point out the obvious in a way that doesn't make you uh, like, well, this is what I'm seeing in your like, this is kind of how you've ended up where you are situation. But that's obviously from a, a more external evidence perspective, <laughs> you know, Um so, and this is, a, it's just kind of more internal and well, uh, not of this, it's more spiritual. That's what I'm trying to say. Less meat space and more fifth dimension. Yeah. Ex- thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and I, I wanted to say really quickly, um, my dad's mom had a cousin, um, my dad's mom passed when she was 103. She was born in 1909. She'd seen a lot, um, and, uh, um, and we were pretty close, uh, the last 10 years or so of her life. Um, but she had this cousin who was older than her significantly, but all of the family regarded her cousin. Her name was Fern as clairvoyant is mm-hmm. what they called it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I met Fern once. Um, and I was, I was not sober yet. Um, I was still knee deep in all of that. And, uh, Fern, looked at me like for 30 seconds and she was probably over. I mean, she had to have been over 90. She was just this little like 90 pound, you know, force of nature. And she, and I, I can't say, tell me exactly what she told me, but she, uh, had me dialed (laughs) (laughs) and she said things to me about like pain and sickness and, um, uh, just a, just spiritual malcontentness mm. in a way that was not, she wasn't being, I mean, she's being very loving, but she basically said, I see a very sick person here mm. and nailed you, you to a wall. Well, I mean, yeah, but it wasn't with nails though. It was just yeah. like, she was like, I, I see you mm. in a, and it was very direct and very kind and also, and she wasn't even telling me to do anything. She was just stating facts. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that my grandma had told her my story a little bit, you know, but I mean, just the way she, and so ever since that moment, like, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so when I had a kind of a similar experience when Michelle was doing my reading, that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, there was nothing critical or shameful or no I shouldn't shouldn't have been <laughs> yeah. i apologize if if no, anything no, no, no. did come that way no 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 not at all and that's i mean well i mean i feel like that, and that's i think part of what why uh part of the like recovery deal is having to ask somebody for help mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right like when my long t- longest term sponsor one time I met him for coffee and I kind of wanted him to be my sponsor, but there was a point in the conversation where he just looked at me and said, you're going to have to ask me. Mm-hmm. And I went, Oh, will you, <laughs> will you, will you be, be my sponsor? He said, sure. <laughs> but, it, but, that, but that's like, you, you have to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take that action to, to, to be willing to listen to what is said, even if it makes me uncomfortable. 
I mean, that's, that's yeah. a really important part of the process in whatever arena that process is taking place in. Like I'm asking you for help that by taking that action, whether it's making an appointment or whatever is, is, is critical to any growth process. Cause it, it's a, it's an act of willingness, humility. It, yeah, it, yeah, It's yeah. a little bit of vulnerability Yeah, and, and saying, we uh, aren't trained to be, we're told not to be vulnerable. Right. right. I know what but I'm doing. Do. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And to say, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing is kind of, that's a big deal. Yeah. I think we are. I think, yeah. Like we have to, we have to look for those. I mean, I think an earmark of like a, a, a human on a journey of growth and shedding or uh, enlightenment or whatever is the idea of uh, continually putting yourself in positions to be vulnerable, to, to shed that armor, to realize, like you said earlier, Michelle, that, um, we're not living in a paradigm where we need to be protected all the time. Our lizard brain goes back to that, right? That like mm-hmm. an email feels like a saber tooth tiger attacking. <laughs> it's like, no, we're looking for those moments of, of feeling like we need to be protected. And we actually are a lot braver and safer. And, and, and that bravery, I think looks like vulnerability now, you know? So people that are willing to take the trip with you, I think is really cool. Cause it's brave. It's really, it's, it's it's strength it's it's bravery and, and it's openness mm-hmm. it is yes well i i think i think we did it do you I think feel, we did it do you feel good michelle do you think we've i feel great thank you good okay i have to ask i have to we ask all of our guests and i know we're getting to the end of our time so i'm going to make it really short and succinct michelle um all of our guests i ask a myriad of questions of what you're into so i'm going to put you on the spot what's one musical group music artist that is that what's the top for you when i when you say when i say what's your favorite what who who is that what is that no shame okay so i was a huge elvis fan um when i was in fourth grade he came to the omaha civic auditorium and i begged and begged and begged my mother to take me and i got to go um, so, so, but I, I would say now I'm an Indigo Girls oh, um, yeah. Big fans. fan. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a classic rock kind of person, but, um, you know, the Indigo Girls are just a little different and particularly mm-hmm. their song Closer to Fine. Yeah. I said, that's the song I want. Uh, I have a friend who plays and sing plays guitar and sings and i said you have to do this at my funeral this mm. is my song closer nice. to time elvis and indigo girls i love the great i love the spectrum that creates that's great mm-hmm. thank you so it's much it's pretty Michelle. wide yeah, yeah. you thank you all right thanks thank Michelle. you so much mm-hmm. i have seen where the wolf has slept on the silver you are.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.